Soccer podcast. This is uh, our very first podcast with uh, Coach Micah Aiken today. And let me just say at the outset that the purpose of this podcast is, again, to, as I was saying earlier, to kind of leverage the, you know, various means of social media to kind of get the word out there about the boys' soccer program, about what our values are, what we aspire to. And uh, today we have a very special guest. Uh, Micah Aiken, of course, has a very long history with Marist School that we'll talk about today. And this podcast today not only introduces Micah to the community at large, but also serves as sort of a official announcement of Micah's recent appointment as the assistant uh, varsity coach with the boys varsity team, which we are super excited about. Micah, welcome. Happy to be here. Definitely excited. Um, it's always nice to be able to come back to the stomping grounds and, you know, graduated here in 2013 myself. So... It's awesome to come back and work here, and also, as you mentioned, being a part of the community. I work right down the road, coaching soccer for a local club. So you know, it's it's nice to just be so connected, just from you know every front. I feel like I'm I'm attacking it from. So it's nice. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I, I might I might do well to introduce myself uh, to our audience. My name is Brendan Murphy. I'm the head coach here at Maris, going on now 27 years. A very long time. Can't believe it. Wow. Um, but it's been it's been of course my my honor to be the coach here at Marist for that long. It's I've been very very fortunate. Um, so, Mike, I want to begin by uh, kind of tracing your journey, right? As you just alluded to, you have a very long connection uh, to Marist School, and so let's go back to the beginning. So, when did you come to Marist, and how did you end up coming to Marist? So. Um my mom actually, uh, when we moved to Georgia, she got a job offer from Marist. She had applied to a couple different schools, um, and she received a job offer from Marist. And it was, uh, you know, as part of all the schools she applied to, it was the best best offer she had on the table. So she was definitely excited to take it. Um, and after being there for a year, I mean, it was it was no doubt in her mind. She was like, "This is this is where you need to go." So, and your mom, um, by the way, was hired to to teach what? Uh, she was a math teacher. Correct. Probably, probably need to start with that. So now she works <laughs> at the registrar, but for 17 years, I want to say 17 years prior to that, she was teaching mathematics here. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I was in sixth grade when she started school here. And uh, after I finished up six, sixth grade at Elkins Point Middle School, <laughs> which is up in Roswell, um, I ended up coming to Maris in seventh grade. And so when the journey started, um, so I mean, you were a Sevy. Yep, started as a Sevy, even though <laughs> we weren't called that when I was around. Um, <laughs> no one called you that anyway to your face. Yeah, probably not. Um, I'd probably they were, they were probably calling me that after uh, you know I walked away and stuff like that. But mm -hmm. we we had a grade of of uh, it was a pretty good group of kids, and we got a, we got along really well with the eighth graders. So you know we we would get really into. Um, the foundations games so yeah. for those new seventh graders that might be tuning into this get ready for the foundation games because which house were you in i was suva Ooh, suva and it was heated <laughs> tug of war was let me tell you probably one of our better events so. <laughs> but uh yeah so definitely uh definitely enjoyed my experience i mean every year i was here and you know i played soccer 
obviously in seventh yeah. and eighth grade. Um, what do you, can, can I ask? What, what do you remember about your first, perhaps first few days here being a Marist student? Oh man, I if think you can the, go back that far. Oh, I think the the biggest thing I remember was just how helpful everybody was. Nice. Um, I always felt like I was able to figure out where I needed to go or where I needed to be or what was going on um, mm -hmm. just by asking people around me. Um, and I, I would say I did have a little bit of a different dynamic being, you know, the son of one of the teachers there. So I think sometimes, you know, I could just walk into a tutorial and everybody's like, oh, it's Mr. Aiken's son or Miss Aiken's son. So, yeah. um, you know, and I will allude to a little later, Mr. Aiken does also work <laughs> at Marist. Um, he's the uh, seventh and eighth grade soccer coach. Mm -hmm. So um, I had the pleasure of playing for him for two years outside of playing club soccer as well with him. But uh, but yeah, so I would say I would remember just the helpfulness yeah. of everybody that was there. So just staying with your academic side of life here at Marist, um, do you recall a favorite subject? Oh, man. I remember... Or, or, or And or a teacher, for that matter. I do have a favorite teacher. Um, I will say my, my best subject was probably math. Um, you know, <laughs> unrelated <laughs> your, to my mom being mom a math would be teacher. Proud. You know, but... Uh, <laughs> Now, my favorite teacher for sure was, um, unfortunately, he's not here anymore. He retired, but Mr. Ficus. Yeah. Um, I had him for prayer and meditation. Sure. And, oh, A my legend. gosh, that class was one of my favorite classes that I took here. Um, Mr. Ficus was amazing, um, you know, and his the experience that he brought, as well as our class. You know, I still remember every single person from that class where everybody sat in the room that we had up in the yes. chapel. Yeah. And, you know, we would come in and it was just so you to, sit on those pillows. Yep. And you yeah. just turn all technology off yeah. and you are, you know, in your meditation, which that was that was probably my favorite class, too, was prayer and meditation, just because he always did such a good job of helping us detach from the electronics yeah. and, you know, get away from everything, which which was amazing. Such a beautiful man. Oh, yeah. He yeah. was awesome. Very he's holy, still, very holy man, isn't he? And he still does meditations yes, um, monthly yes. for um Recently graduates mm -hmm. yep and anybody that's interested in joining so um yeah. definitely give that give that a look when uh when you guys are getting to that point where you graduate <laughs> uh tell, tell us about your your class you had said that you had a great class i agree you did have a great class who were some of your closest friends and do you still see them um i probably i probably hung out with a lot of the soccer people sure. more often yeah. than not yeah. um but I still see a ton of my friends. Um, I graduated with Michael Gubert, who <laughs> also happened to have a mom who worked here, um, who also department. happened to be in the math department. Mm -hmm. So that's how we ended up meeting and becoming friends. So I see him every now and then, uh, as well as Patrick Jackson, who also played soccer on the player. soccer team. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, him and I hung out a lot. And actually nowadays he's living in Orlando and works for um, the Orlando City uh, MLS team that's over there. He works nice. on the back end side doing ticket sales and stuff. So Great. anytime I go down to Orlando for recruiting events with my dad, yeah. uh, I usually try to meet him for dinner or something like that, um, just catch up with him. So those are probably the two that I that I see the most. I always see mayor's people everywhere I go. I mean, it's it's such a tight-knit community. You, you walk out the doors, and it's it's almost like you never left. 
I see that. I still see that screamer that Patrick Jackson scored against North Springs. I think it was Shambly. It, Shambly, you're right. Shambly in the in our stadium. Yes, yeah. I have the video, and it was like off a corner kick. Yes, and he lasered, lasered it into the top left so, <laughs> top left corner, and I mean, we were going nuts yeah. that game. It was crazy. That was that was y'all senior year, wasn't it? Yeah, that yeah, was the game. Right. That was in the final of our. Um, of like our little conference so it was Correct. before the state tournament Correct. this was to determine you know Correct. what our placing would be yeah and uh That's we right. won four two that game yeah and that was one of the goals that kind of changed the tide and turned the momentum of yeah. of the game into our favor so not to mention our season oh yeah for sure yeah, yeah. for sure yeah he had a great game that day i remember oh yeah you on the other hand did not Micah. i'm just gonna <laughs> <laughs> I, have my moments. I have my moments so let's talk about your uh, maris playing years mm -hmm. so you had said that you started uh playing for maris as a seventh grader and of course your father was the the coach mm -hmm. right yep we'll say more about him later yeah um but uh tell us about that experience as a junior high player yeah i mean uh i had i had actually already been playing for him throughout my club career so yeah. um can, can i ask uh when did you come to the game? When did you really start playing it in earnest? Uh, man, I was I'm maybe 10 years old was when I really kind of started playing. And even yeah. then, it was still kind of like a rec program. Sure. But um, it was probably around 12 or 13 when my dad kind of told me, he said, look, here's the deal. If you're going to play, y you really need to play. We're not going to do rec for this long of a period of time. Yeah. And so I'll, I'll never forget this story. And it was probably the moment, one of the moments that he was the most difficult on me as a kid. Um, but it was, it was probably about early November. Uh -huh. And, uh, you know, I was sitting on the couch doing regular kid stuff, watching TV or whatever. And uh, he comes over and he says, all right, here's the deal. He says, you have to get 100 juggles before Christmas starts. Yeah. If you want your Christmas presents. <laughs> and so I, I, I kind of looked I and that. I was like, oh, okay. So I would go out every day and juggle. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it got to a point where I was starting to get comfortable just on one foot. I was yeah. doing it all right foot. And he'd come outside and say, you got to do at least one on your left foot and close the door. You know, I'm like, <laughs> oh my gosh. So he's just constantly changing the rules on me. And I'll never forget, I hit 99 juggles. Yeah. And I mean, I was devastated. I was like, I didn't get the hundred. Uh -huh. It doesn't count. Uh -huh. And my mom, you know, my mom pleaded. She was like, look, he's at 99. <laughs> Just give it to him. And my dad was like, no, he's going to get the hundred. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, I did. So luckily that Christmas, I got Christmas presents. But um, <laughs> yeah, so after the hundred juggles, it just kind of took off from there. And, you know, I started training a lot more and getting yeah. a lot more into it. And, you know, my development as a player kind of, uh, stemmed from from that start yeah so you then went on to play as an eighth grader mm -hmm. um you were on junior high as an eighth grader playing for your dad so i actually yeah i stayed because yeah. you know eighth graders have the option if Correct. if they're able to they can play up with the jv program right however um our eighth grade class had decided that we we wanted to stay, stay together with the seventh and eighth grade yeah. crew yeah so we played for my dad um, in eighth grade. And I mean, mm -hmm. we had an unbelievable season. Yeah. And I'll never forget one of the kids that played at, um, he played at Woodward, mm -hmm. his name, uh, Cameron. Mm -hmm. I mean, an absolute machine. Mm -hmm. He was an unbelievable player, ended up going to Duke after he graduated mm -hmm. his senior year. Um, I'll never forget, we had a personal vendetta out against him because Henry Chancy, another one of my good buddies right. uh, who I graduated with and played soccer, played on the same club team as him. So anytime we played Woodward, there was just a massive rivalry between the two teams. 
And I'll never forget it. We went to PKs in our little seventh and eighth grade tournament. Yeah. And it was the final. And right. we went to the PKs and it was against <laughs> Woodward. And um, Cameron missed his penalty. And we ended up winning that little tournament as the seventh and eight, the Marist seventh and eighth grade team. And mm-hmm. we we went ballistic afterwards. So, yeah. you know, I'll, I'll definitely never forget that moment. Us us all staying together as a group and <laughs> trying to trying to just compete as a group and as yeah. a team. So then you went on as a ninth grader, and what was your experience there? So in ninth grade, I I made the varsity team. Mm-hmm. I was one of two mm-hmm. players, myself and Henry Chancy, and um, I'll never forget my dad telling me um, he was like, "Look, there's a possibility it was a fluke that you made it. <laughs> um, technically, you are nowhere near the level of some of these players." He said, "But the one thing you can do is you can outwork." So he said, mm-hmm. every day you need mm-hmm. to just go in and you need to be a sponge. And so in yeah. ninth grade, I was the epitome of a sponge. I mean, well, I can, would just. Can I just tell you? Yeah. Of course, I was one who made that selection to keep you, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to keep you on, was, of course, my, my final decision to keep you on varsity. Mm-hmm. And, and I had had conversations with your dad mm-hmm. um, about your potential, mm-hmm. and which, of course, was obvious. Mm-hmm. Um, you were becoming a tremendous athlete. You were really starting to grow as a ninth grader, certainly as a tenth grader, and later on as a junior, you be- mm. you became an extraordinary athlete. Um, but you had come to the game, I think, comparatively late compared yeah. to someone like Henry Chancy, who'd probably been playing since kindergarten. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, and but I remember your dad telling me, talking to me, saying he'll he'll work as hard as anyone, if not harder. Mm. And and I have to tell you, who was right about that? Um, you certainly followed through with, with his advice. I mean, my memory of you as a player is exactly that. Total sponge, freshman year, sophomore year, wanting to learn, eager to develop, uh, very, we use the word coachable, very coachable mm-hmm. around here. Everything is very respectful, very good to your teammates. Uh, you were admired, well-liked, well-respected, all from that intensity you brought every day. And truth be told, you, you needed to develop as a ninth grader. Mm-hmm. Of course, you became such a such an incredible player. Um, but as a ninth grader, you had a long way to go. And your learning curve, I think, was a kind of a rarity, mm. you know? Um, so kudos to you. Yeah, thank you. I mean, I, I remember my freshman year, there was a player on the team, Ajiman Bachra. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. Ajiman was Aji. national team quality player, yeah. ended up going to play college at UPenn. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was, he was one of a kind. And yeah. so playing against a guy like that, I was like, I didn't even know people's feet moved that quick. <laughs> so, you know, it was yeah. him, Alex Sullivan, Jordan Levine. Yeah. I mean, a lot of these guys were, um, you know, players that I had looked up to. Sure. Um, and even in, in the club season as well in the fall, um, I, I was always just asking, hey, can I come to y'all's practices? Is it possible? Mm-hmm. You know, can I train with y'all? So I, I just had this very eager mentality to get out and, and play the game and, and play with people that were better than me. Yeah because I, I was totally fine with being the worst player on the field because um, I always knew I, I would at least put the effort in and, and work hard to hopefully prove myself, you know, to, or to the people that I was playing with that, okay, th- this guy's going to be worth bringing on, at least for the very fact that he'll run around and, you know, do what we tell him to do. So, right, right. you know, that was, that was kind of my mantra from mm-hmm. ninth and 10th grade um, specifically. I wouldn't say I really – felt development as a player until probably about my junior year um, when I really started to feel like I was solidifying myself in a, in a specific role and, and playing 
yeah. you know, comfortably with everybody around me. Um, right. Right. And man, I'll never forget that senior class either. Um, my junior year, the other one above you, yeah, sure. Vaughn Moore, yeah, Vaughn Merrick Moore. Moffitt. Yep. Um, you know, Vaughn. I ended up playing Thomas in college with too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thomas Withhorn, Austin mm-hmm. Harden. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, Vaughn specifically was a huge, huge building point for me, just because yeah. he was so tough on everybody. Yeah. And you know, there are plenty of, of moments right where, in front of him as a yeah. Back. And mm-hmm. so there were plenty of moments where he would be on me. I mean. <laughs> constantly and it definitely it took some getting used to because it's Mm -hmm. a bit abrasive at times Mm -hmm. but once you kind of once you kind of get comfortable with him you realize that it's coming from a place of hey this is this is me trying to help you be better and you know once once you realize that it really just the team propelled and I think that was probably my best year that we had in terms of of careers um you know we made it to that semifinal lambert in the semifinals exactly playing against a couple of my teammates who you know Mm -hmm. had the all-time goal scoring record that year with like 40 he had 48 goals in Mm -hmm. at the end of the regular season which you know was was the record at the time i think um but yeah he was he was a phenomenal player and you know we we worked hard that that semifinal game but now, at the end of the day it just just wasn't wasn't meant to be so mm-hmm. you know but uh but yeah that was that was probably our most impressive year of the four years that i was there sure um, yeah you know Without so you know you, you of course became the kind of player who as an upperclassman we would as a coaching staff develop our tactics around right mm-hmm. and i remember specifically going into that lambert semifinal game at lambert sitting in the classroom up in centennial prior to getting on the buses and driving over i've yep. told you the story before yep. well i not told you you would remember, remember i'm yeah. sure we were sitting there, and I had said to the team, we had just talked about BK, their forward, who scored all these goals, and I turned to you and said, Micah, you need, we need you to shut him down. Mm-hmm. And you did. Yeah. <laughs> he, it's the he, first time in the playoffs he hadn't scored. Yeah, he had only three games the entire season that year yeah. where he didn't score a goal, and that was one of them. That was one um, of them. The other two were in regular season play. So, yeah. And um, <laughs> the funny thing, too, is – they hadn't had a single goal scored on them the entire playoff. Mm-hmm. However, we were the only team that they played against that kept it under 3-0 because they went on in the final. Of course. <coughs> Sorry. And they went on in the final, and then they ended up playing Greenbrier, which they won uh, 5 nothing. Correct. So, yeah. you know, the fact that that was like L- Lambert had one of the best teams too. Another kid yeah. on top of BK who was playing center back who ended up going and playing for FC Dallas. Mm-hmm. Um, and I found out the the kid's name was Josh or Jason uh, Richards, mm-hmm. right? Well, his younger brother, Chris Richards, now plays for Bayern Munich. Right. So, you know, not, it obviously yeah. runs in the family a little bit, right, that, right. Uh, that soccer team. But yeah, he was also a right. phenomenal player that played for them. So they had they had an unbelievable team that year. So, you know, for us to even be able to keep it to that point was was spectacular. Yeah. So, okay, so after Marist, mm-hmm. you then went on uh, to where? So I, I ended up going to Oglethorpe University, mm-hmm. um, which is where my dad coaches currently um, yep. and who I played for for four years. Um, and I think the reason I did that was because I had enjoyed playing with him through my club season. He really taught us as a team some things that you know I, a lot of other coaches that I had I had seen in in the club the club you know kind of uh, kind of the club environment um, they just didn't teach the game the same way and oh. I really loved the way he approaches the game the way he you know taught us 
And so that's why I wanted to go play for him. But I'll tell you, my freshman year of college, he said the exact same thing he told you my freshman year of Mm -hmm. high school. Mm -hmm. He told my mom, don't even bother coming to a game. He's not going to start. He's not going to get playing time. So, you know, he's just not ready. And after a couple of preseason games and a couple of practices, it took his assistant coaches coming up and literally telling him, you know, we will leave if you do not start him. <laughs> and so every game. Rashandle? Yeah. Rashandle, yeah, yeah. Trent Orndorff, um, mm-hmm. all great guys. Yeah. Um, they both said, you have to start him. And I think a lot of that came from a lot of that came from him, you know, just wanting to not not have it feel like, he, you know, I was coach's son. He wanted right, it to be, right. yes, hey, he's earning this on his own merit. So, yeah. you know, it was understandable. But at the same time, too, I, I saw it after freshman year because I always took it as a challenge. He was like, you're not going to start. I said, oh, really? I'm not going to start. Okay. <laughs> Tell me again I'm not going to start. And then I started the rest of the season um, for my freshman year. And I had um, my freshman year got honorable mention for mm-hmm. all SAA uh, conference all the all tournament team and all all season team and then um, the sophomore and junior year I got first team all conference and then my senior year I won defensive player of the year for um, the conference for the conference it's a big so, deal it's a very big deal yeah we had um, yeah. Vaughn actually uh, my junior year was his senior year obviously mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. and he won defensive player of the year his senior year wow two years so, in a row for Oglethorpe yep so wow. yeah we had uh, okay. we had a really really good back line Um, and just a solid core of, of players. So, you know, we, and we had at the time as well, one of the most winningest, uh, seasons that any Oglethorpe, um, group had had. So over the four years, we had the most wins, the most championships, most, Mm -hmm. um, you know, games under our belt one that had ever been in Oglethorpe's got a long history. Um, so, you know, for that, that was kind of a huge deal for us. Now, obviously, we've gotten beat out because some of the players they brought in are just ridiculous. It, that was just kind of his starting point, I feel like. Yeah. And now, now the players coming in are you know D one level guys who are saying D one. I don't need to go D one. I'll just come play for Oglethorpe. Right. So now his his team is unbelievable now. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> but okay. So here's where things get interesting. Yeah. So post your success at Oglethorpe. You then went on, tell us where. So I had been working uh, summer camps, uh, yeah. you know, since I was 15. It was my dad's summer camps that I was working at. And I happened Future to. Future Stars. Future Stars Soccer Academy. <laughs> uh, it's at Oglethorpe University. We do four, four weeks out of the summer. No, but um, so I had met a kid there who, you know, was German. And he had talked to me and said, hey, you know, you could really play. Mm. I was like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying, but. It's just kind of difficult finding the right opportunity for it. And he said, uh, you should meet my dad. And so I introduced myself to the dad, and he said, well, actually, um, my dad, the, the dad's dad, so the, uh-huh. the kid's grandfather, mm-hmm. um, is the general manager for a team in Germany. Um, and they're looking for players currently that play your position. So if you can get a highlight film together, you know, something 10, you know, 6 to 10 minutes, something around that time, um, submit it to us and, you know, we'll kind of go from there. So I scrambled to get a video together. I had a buddy of mine who does video production who I played club soccer with. Uh, we were really good friends. And he said, all right, let's put this together. So got the clip together. I sent it in and uh, I got a response back probably within a day or two saying, hey, uh, 
we bought your ticket. Hmm. You're flying to Germany. You're going to go for two weeks and you're going to go on trial and you're going to train with the team and we're just going to see how it goes. So, you know, of course my, my dad, who's very tough on me, um, was like, this does not normally happen. <laughs> so you need to make sure you yeah. go out and you just play make and you, the most of you it. do what you can yeah. and don't stress about it. Just enjoy it. So what club, what division, all that? So it was division, uh, division five, but the club had been bouncing between division four and five, um, you know, going through some new players, some new coaches, figuring some things out. Um, but a couple of my teammates had previously played in the first division, the Bundesliga. Mm -hmm. Um, and for anybody who's, you know, wondering a little bit more about that, the Bundesliga is, it's Bayern Munich, Borussia Dortmund, all the top teams play, play there. And Germany's got one of the strongest divisions in, in Europe. Mm -hmm. Um, and a couple of my teammates had actually played for um, one team in particular, Bayern Leverkusen, who, um, you know, he had games against PSG in Champions League, um, you know, had played with Hyung Ming Sun, who now plays for Tottenham. So mm -hmm. talking some very big time players who, you know, had kind of come down. Something had happened in their career that, you know, had brought them here instead. Um, but the quality of the team was unbelievable. Um, and the, the name of the team was uh, SS, it's SSVG Velbert, if you pronounce it, Velbert O2, if you pronounce it in English. But mm -hmm. in German, the V is pronounced like an F, um, which took me forever to figure out. <laughs> um, but it's technically pronounced SS, uh, SSVG Velbert mm -hmm. um, was, the, was the club. Really tiny town in Germany. Um, only spoke German. So when I first went over there, I mean, the... It was extremely difficult. Um, you know, buying food became extremely difficult to do. Uh, figuring out where I was going became extre extremely difficult to do. So it felt like I was just out in a, a totally different world. Um, so that, that part was definitely difficult. But when I was on trial mm -hmm. for the two weeks, we actually got to play against a Bundesliga-level team. We played against Fortuna Dusseldorf, who floats between second and first division. But... You know, for them, that's that's extremely, extremely high. Um, and I played the entire second half of that game. And I'll never forget the first time I stepped in, you know, a, a bunch of emotions are kind of flurring around. And I'm sitting here thinking to myself, holy cow, here I am. Nobody speaks the same language as me. <laughs> what am I doing? Uh -huh. And this guy playing striker gets the ball. And I mean, I thought Ajiman was quick. Yeah. This guy was a different level. Mm -hmm. He took two steps and boom, ball was gone. <laughs> and I was like, oh, no, he's going to goal. <laughs> so I had to turn, and luckily I was pretty good at cutting off angles. So I chose to take a different angle against him, and I ended up catching him. And I just knew I knew he was going to go for the cross. So I was like, I've got a slide tackle, even though I was inside the box. So I slid, blocked the cross, and I get right back up, and my goalkeeper is like, shouting at me in German, like hits me in the back a couple times. And I'm like, I don't know if you're excited. I don't know if you're, you know, upset with me, but we've got a corner right now. So let's mark up and just, you know, get this settled. And it was after that game, they came to me. Um, and I obviously the, the dad who helped me out with all of this process came over and said, Hey, um, I'm going to translate for you right now, but this is what the coach is telling you. So the coach spoke in German and I'm sitting here looking at him like, Oh my gosh, what is he about to tell me? And he translates in German saying, we really want to build around you. You're, you're a player that we think we can take and hopefully potentially bring the wow. team into even a higher division. Wow. And I said, 
okay, I'm, 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 I'm here. So yeah, yeah. I ended up flying back. I had about a week or two of a turnaround and I was immediately back in Germany. Um, and I did it for a year. Uh, and then unfortunately they fired the coach, brought a new coach in yep. and, um, you know, something that a lot of people don't realize about the, the professional world is that it's, it's a business Correct. at the end of the day. Yeah. So, you know, you never know what's going to happen. Um, and, and obviously the new coach coming in, he said, look, you're just not part of my plans. So mm-hmm. I had tried out for a couple other teams around Germany and it just didn't, didn't happen to work out. But, you know, um, I had a few people who, who work over there basically tell me, they said some, the amount of time that you lasted is unbelievable. He said, most people, you know, they make it three, four months and they're crying home, going back to mom because everything's too different. Mm-hmm. So he said the fact that, you know, you made it a full year, um, working in essentially the trenches, it feels like, um, you know, he said that was an amazing feat within itself. So, yeah. you know, I would have loved to have stayed longer, but I just think God didn't have it in, in his plan for me to stay. Cause as soon as I came back, I immediately came back into coaching and the rest is history from there. I've been the coaching since, and you know, I've, I've been really enjoying it. So, yeah. well, Michael, we are so fortunate to have you, uh, at Marist. And in the boys' soccer program, it's it's a delight for me as your former coach to see you become this this incredible young man, to have such a great vision for the soccer program, to bring that intensity, that passion, that leadership that you had as a ninth grader, going through your high school years here. Um, so let's just talk briefly about um, your ambitions in coaching mm-hmm. here at Marist. So um, if you could give our players, our varsity players, who will be returning, of course, this year, mm-hmm. um, advice in terms of what they could uh, focus on, what they need to, to work on in order to succeed, mm-hmm. uh, what would you say to that? I'd have a couple things. The first would be um, team camaraderie. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's really important that they all, you know, w- once teams kind of settle in and, you know, players get picked for their spots, it's definitely important that they get everybody together and just get to know each other. Um, it's such a short I mean, two, two and a half months, roughly three months, maybe, um, is, is the length of the the season. So it's, it's not really as long as you would think. Um, and it goes by fast. So the quicker you can get to know your teammates and get to know how everybody plays and different playing styles, um, the quicker you can really kind of settle into, to a role. Um, and once you kind of figure all of that out and you piece it all together, it can really make or break a team, um, you know, in terms of, how well they do throughout the rest of the season. Um, so that would be the first bit of advice. And the second bit of advice would be to, to enjoy it. Um, yes. you know, continue working hard. Um, you know, I, I think one of the biggest things is, is having that intrinsic value within yourself to say, Hey, I want to do this. I want to go out and train because this is the level that I want to approach. And this is what I'm hoping to accomplish. And if it's something that you're hoping to accomplish, you know, the, the work that goes into it. I mean, they talk about Cristiano Ronaldo's mentality as a player and how he used to, he would do the same move, whatever move he was working on, he would just walk around the entire training ground at Manchester United, which is about a three to five mile walk and just practice that move every single step, every single step. He's out there constantly just improving his craft because that's what it takes. Um, takes. You know, players, players sometimes kind of goes to the wayside because Mm -hmm. they just think, Oh, you know, I'll be able to get by, but you know, it, it, it takes that level of work. And I promise you, when you put that amount of work into it, you'll see the results. You'll see, you know, what, what you can bring to the table after, 
after you've done that kind of training as, as rigorous as that. And it doesn't have to be to the same extent. I mean, obviously he was getting paid to do it and he's, you know, able to do it for eight hours a day. But even if it's, you know, putting in 30 minutes to an hour a day of just getting touches on the ball, working on speed and agility, um, whatever it is that, you know, you think your, your game is struggling on, um, it, it's super important that you're getting those extra touches in and you're doing the extra work because it's just going to, it's going to help you in the long run in in so many different ways, unrelated to soccer as well. Um, it, it just helps you build a really strong work ethic and, you know, you can take that into so many different areas of your life. What would you want our players to get out of the experience? I think the biggest thing for them is, is one, the enjoyment. Um, mm -hmm. you know, I think if, if they can come in and, and they, feel like they're having a good time and they, they love working with each other, which, you know, was a part of what I was talking about earlier. Um, if they come in and everybody gets along really well, that's a great experience to have. Um, you know, you bond with teammates. I mean, some of the people I mentioned that I still go and see are teammates of mine from, um, you know, from high school. And I obviously keep up with, with everyone that I played with for the most part. Um, you know, so it, it definitely is a great way to, uh, make friends, um, you know, and, and have lasting relationships with those people. So, you know, I would definitely hope that some of them get that experience out of it as well as, you know, take from some of the knowledge that we have as coaches. Um, yeah. you know, there's, there's a lot that we bring to the table and I hope that, I hope that they themselves can act as sponges and just absorb information that we give them, you know, um, especially when it comes to, you know, different things that we're trying to help them fix because everybody has, everybody has a vice or things that they, you know, struggle with or bad habits. And so if, if they're willing to learn from, from what we tell them and what we try to work on with them, um, I think they'll, they'll see the, the same kind of growth they'll get when they work on their own as well. So, and let me ask you, what is, what does the experience, uh, mean to you personally? Oh man. I mean, being it, now, an assistant at the varsity level. Yeah. Oh, it means it means so much. Um, especially just being back at, at the school that I, I I played for. You know, I I gave so much, mm -hmm. you know, to the team. Um, you know, whether it's playing on rolled ankles or mm -hmm. you know having massive bruises where you almost couldn't even move your leg because it's you know the deep muscle bruise. I mean, you give everything for a community for a school. And, you know, you, you hope for the same thing back. And I felt like I got that. I felt like within the community itself, I, I got what I put into it. And, you know, I, I just, I want to be there to, to be that same support system. So, you know, for the players coming in or the players that are currently here, I want to be able to give the same kind of effort that, that I felt was, was given to me. Um, you know, and it's, it's just an amazing feeling to, to be able to do that. Um, yeah. so that's what I'm, super excited to, to be able to bring to the table. Well, <clears throat> I can't wait to begin coaching with you. And I know that Coach Jones feels exactly the same way. Yeah. So we're super excited. Thank you. I am too. Looking forward to it. Um, okay. We're going to wrap up with uh, three closing questions. All righty. Uh, these are questions that every participant in the soccer podcast will be asked. <laughs> are you ready? I'm ready. All right. Here we go. Um, what is your most prized possession, Micah Aiken? Prized possession? Probably my captain's armband from my 
senior season of college. No way, you still have that. I still have it. And, and actually, it? are you wearing it now? Are you wearing it now? Not now, but um, <laughs> one of the kids that I coach who was voted captain. Yeah. Um, I gave them the choice of which captain's armband they got to pick, and I said, "You can wear my my captain's armband," which. I will say it has a little bit of magic left in it. Oh, sure it does. And um, yeah. that was the one she picked. So, you know, it's nice. it, it's probably, it, it's exciting to be able to have that as a part of, you know, a relic of my past, so sure. to speak, even yeah. though I'm not not that far away from when I graduated college. But, um, <laughs> you know, to be able to to share it with, with the future players that I coach, it's mm-hmm. it's exciting to be able to have that that piece of, of history and, and push it forward and keep it moving. Wow. Well, you'll keep that for the rest of your life, I'm sure. Absolutely. Michael, what is your prou- proudest moment? My proudest moment, man, would probably be would probably be the first day I landed in Germany. Um, mm. I mean, for me, as soon yeah. as I landed and saw, you know, it, it really kind of put everything into perspective that, wow, you know, everything that I had been kind of working towards and yes. everything I had been trying yes. to accomplish right. was, was really happening. Mm-hmm. Um, so seeing the, the German language signs and having to give them my passport to stamp it, you know, right. that, that really solidified for me all the work that I, I had kind of put into it throughout my career um, and was my defining moment as, as, you know, becoming hopefully a player um, to yeah, that, that yeah. played at a high level. So, you know, that, that was probably my proudest moment. That's a beautiful moment. I can imagine it now. Uh, okay. Lastly, last question. Mm. If you could have a cup of coffee in a conversation with an historical figure, mm. who would that be? Are we talking past Correct. or somebody who's still alive? No, currently? not, not alive currently. Oh man, that is tough. It is tough. I would, but you're up to it, Micah. You're up to it. Uh, I, th- I think I am. I think I am. I would probably choose. I would probably have to choose Maradona. Diego Maradona. Diego Maradona. Uh-huh. Only because I think he's such an interesting character, and that's one way of putting it. Yeah, and some of the some <laughs> of the things that he did on and off the field, you know, were or what kind of made him him. Of course. And yeah. I think he uh, – actually, I would, I would say he's way more passionate than I am about the game and shows it. I mean, he showed it in his everyday life and, mm-hmm. you know, the way he played along with some of the things he said and did. Um, but I don't know. I just think it would be an interesting conversation to have with someone who played at such a high level who mm-hmm. was able to – accomplished so many things and i mean he was treated as royalty in in argentina um yeah. you know and he still is yeah i mean they name stadiums after him streets after him you know his his death was mourned for weeks um right you know for everything he did for for argentina so i think he would probably be the most interesting person to to have a conversation with that's that's passed on great answer yeah he was a huge influence for me growing up in yeah. the 80s Right, 86, Mexico World Cup. Oh, absolutely. Um, I still have the cover of him on Sports Illustrated, the actual cover in my classroom Wow, over here at Marist. That's awesome. Okay, uh, Coach Aiken, thank you so much thank you for, for joining me. us today. So glad to have you with us this season. Can't wait to get started. Yeah, absolutely looking forward to it, and I'm, I'm feeling the same way, looking forward to getting started.